0: Hey, this is Lee Balcom and this is the Save the Marriage podcast. This is the podcast that I designed to help you save and improve your marriage. I've been working with couples for over 30 years now, over three decades. And during that time, I've helped people around the world. The podcast you're listening to now has now been downloaded almost three and a half million times for all of the episodes. And what that tells me is there are a lot of people struggling with their relationship and you may be one of them. That's probably why you're listening. I don't generally have people who just want to hear my voice, but uh, people who are looking for action. And a lot of times I try to cover the questions that you have. One of the repeated questions I get is, is it really possible to turn a relationship around and how easy is it? Because one of the things I've tried to do is make it very clear on how to move forward. But, you know, I, could, I get it. When there's a lot of pain, it's hard to understand how this could even happen. And so today, I want to kind of address a number of uh, those questions that have come in about the podcast. And by the way, if you have a question, now I'm not looking for like kind of like a coaching question, right? Like if you're stuck in your particular situation, I can't coach you on a podcast because uh, so many people are listening to that. That would be something we could do one on one, but not in terms of this podcast. But if you've got a question, it's kind of a broad question, like how do I deal with this kind of situation, or what do I do in this type of situation. That's the kind of thing that I try to answer, and you can send in your questions at podcast at save dot com. That's podcast at save dot com. Just kind of give me a quick synopsis and what your question is, and uh, if it fits, if it's kind of the Goldilocks question where it's not too specific and not too broad, then I'll cover it in a future podcast or try to cover it in a future broadcast podcast. So today, let's talk a little bit about the background of this. And let me tell you that many times relationships turn around a lot faster than people imagine they can. And that's what we're really wanting to talk about. How quick, how fast, how easy is it to turn it around? And and I want to draw a distinction between two very important words, and that is the difference between easy and simple. Sometimes a simple approach is not easy. You know, let's say that you decide that you want to um, run 26.2 miles, basically run a marathon. Well, it's pretty simple in the fact that what you've got to do is run 26.2 miles, right? It's a simple thing to do. It's not so easy, uh, because you have to work up to that, and so sometimes I have to when i 'm talking about my approach i say well it 's you know it 's pretty simple people think oh it 's going to be easy well, i can 't guarantee that now many times it 's a lot easier than people think it 's going to be. But I want you to understand the distinction between those words. I can make it very simple for you, very direct. That's what I try to lay out in my program, Save the Marriage, uh, because I want to make sure you understand how simple and direct it can be rather than how convoluted it can sometimes feel when you're reading uh, some books or watching some programs or listening to some concept that's like you know reverse psychology or mind manipulation. That's not at all going to help you. And so I try to make it a very streamlined process. So it's a simple approach. And the simple approach, more simple it is, often the more powerful. If you've ever been in exercise, you know some people put out these very convoluted, very confusing instructions on the type of exercises to do. But really, what you're trying to do is challenge your muscles. I mean, at, at the core, every exercise is a challenge to your muscles, whether it's your heart muscle or specific muscles or the whole body muscle or the core or whatever it is. You're simply trying to challenge that to a level it hasn't been challenged before so that it can get back into shape, get stronger, get bigger, whatever you're trying to do. And so the same is true in working on your relationship. You want to keep a simple approach because what you're trying to do is a pretty simple task It can feel complex, and I want you to understand the difference. It can feel complex because there are lots of things going on, and a lot of times people say, well, my situation is not so simple. You know, we've got uh, an affair or a separation or lots of other things, and they're confusing the simple issue with the symptoms, and I've talked about this in, in prior episodes. Sometimes we get caught up in the symptoms, and we think that it's very complex when in reality the central problem is pretty simple. And here is the central problem it's disconnection. And disconnection is why a relationship can turn around so quickly. We recently moved into a new home, and uh, one of the areas in our backyard just was brown. It hadn't been cared for. You know, the, the grass just looked dead. And you could go, wow, that's going to take a long time for that to come back to life until it rained. And when it rained, it suddenly turned green because what it was lacking was nutrients and water. And so all it needed was nutrients and water to turn the plant back on. Sure, I could have applied lots of different things to it. I could have put lots of chemicals on it, fertilizer on it, whatever. But what it really needed was a good dose of rain. So let's drag that idea over to your relationship. The reason relationships get into trouble is really because, well, two things. One is couples disconnect, and two individuals stop growing. They stop kind of growing into being more and more of who they need to be. And so in the process, they stagnate in themselves and stagnate the relationship, if not even kind of starving the relationship. So now let's drop back a little bit further, this whole idea of connection. You and I are creatures of connection. We need connection. In fact, the more we study what happens when people are isolated, the more we are aware that if you isolate somebody, it's a form of torture. A lot of studies talk about the damage that happens when, for instance, kids don't get enough love and attention that they need growing up, or in adulthood when people are isolated, it it is not just painful, it's deadly. If you isolate an adult long enough, they can die from that isolation, and the damage is done, and we're growing up in a very disconnected world. So one of the things that that we need around us are these close connections. You're born often into connection because you're born into a family, and hopefully that family is a caring nurturing family and If that's the case, then you come out with feeling some uh security in attaching to other people. Maybe you came out in from a family that was less nurturing or maybe even critical or anxious, and that can change your attachment. And So a lot of uh, theories float around now about attachment styles, and I think that that's a, a good understanding to have about how we attach differently. But at its root, all that theory is saying is we need attachment, and the more securely we can attach, the more easily we can go through with making these important connections in our life. So let's just kind of bridge through what happens typically in a relationship. You start at a level of non-connection, right? I and mean, just kind of makes sense. For instance, before I met my now wife, we, it's not that we were disconnected. We had a non-connection. We didn't know each other. And as soon as we met, there was some level of connection. She came down to the room, said, hey, I hear a bunch of you are going to the movies tonight. Would it be okay if I went? And I thought, wow, she's pretty cute. So I, of course, and even otherwise would have been happy to have her tag along with us, but especially since I found her to be so cute. And so when we were at the movie, I positioned myself so that when she sat down, I was right beside her. And she certainly allowed that. So there was a little bit more connection. And through the movie, she would ask me questions um, about the content of the movie. It was a movie about a subject that I actually knew a good bit about and I offered her some of my popcorn which she took and so we chatted a little bit much to the chagrin of people around us and after it was over we went to a fast food place and I chatted with her and after that was over we chatted further and along the way our connection began to grow and strengthen and along the way we begin to try to build more and more connection in. So at first it's a non-connection and then you have a some sort of connection and that connection you keep reinforcing. So over time what the two of you are building you and and your significant other your spouse are building a stronger and stronger bridge of connection between you. And that begins to nurture the relationship and as that relationship begins to be strong you may say hey let's make this more serious. So at some point uh, my at that point my this person I was interested in, I couldn't even say girlfriend, and I decided that we were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend and that we weren't going to date anyone else, which in my case wasn't a big risk (laughs) anyway. So we decided that we would just be focusing on each other. And as that grew, at some point we realized that we wanted to spend more and more time together. In fact, we wanted to spend the rest of our lives together. That's typically the pattern for people. And so what happens is you say, you know what? This is the person I want to go through life with. And if both people are on board with that, you're basically saying, "Hey, let's get married so that we are are on the same side. We're we're a team. We're going to we're going to bond our future together." Now, what happens next is where couples often get into trouble. Because once you marry, one of the things you've done is you've solidified that connection, and you often say, Okay, instead of saying, how do we hold on to this while we're tackling the rest of life, we often say, got that, now the rest of life. And so we do what I've termed the pause button marriage. You hit pause. And pause is an impossibility in reality in a marriage. You can think you're doing it for really good reasons. You may say, hey, you know what? Sometime down the road, we're going to have more time for each other. When we retire, when the kids are out of the house, when the the job is far enough along, when whatever. You can put anything there. Um, And so we hit pause. And that pause is where the problem begins to build. Because when you are in a relationship, there are only two options. That relationship can either be growing and developing, or it's going to be receding and declining. That's that's the only two options. Even if it's a slow grow, that's fine. But there's got to be movement one way or the other. Relationships aren't static. And in this idea of the pause button, we believe that they are static. You know, we'll we'll now do our parenting thing. Pause. We'll focus on the kids. It's just a pause, right? At some point, we're going to unpause it. And every now and then, uh, couples will say, oh, you know, we'll have date night. And that night, it'll be about us. And then they go out. And if they've, you know, on accident, kind of hit the pause button inadvertently, what they end up doing is going out and talking about the kids. And then they decide they'll go away for a romantic weekend. And while they're away, what they're doing is talking about the kids or their job or something else rather than their dreams and their hopes and their expectations, their wishes in life. And so over time, their relationship begins to decline because there's no focus on us, on we. The focus is on these external things, these other outside things. And that's a decline. And when you go back to unpause it, you may both get to the point where you unpause it, look at each other and go, uh, who are we? I've seen this with couples who, you know, both kind of waited for retirement or something else to happen. And then they look at each other and go, I don't, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're thinking about. I don't know what you believe because the connection that kept them kind of in reference to each other of understanding each other was paused long before that. So they struggle to get back into that relationship or they fail to. Many times, though, it's one person going, hey, I don't feel it anymore. And instead of being able to say, I think we need to focus on our connection because our connection is missing and and I feel starved for connection, they often say, I don't love you anymore. I don't feel the passion anymore. And they may even add, I love you, but I'm not in love with you which is basically a way of saying, I still care for you because that's the arrangement we've made with each other, but I'm not feeling the love with us. And that's where we get into trouble. That's often where people come to my office. Basically, it it amounts many times to both people saying, we're hurting and we want to move forward, or one person saying, I'm hurting and I want to move forward. If both people say, we're hurting and we don't want to move forward— I'm not going to see them. They're not going to be in my office because it's, they're both voting for being out. I work with couples where both people are voting to be in or one is voting to be in. One is willing to work on it to see what can happen. And there we are at the question, is it possible to actually restore and is as easy as, you know, sometimes it sounds when I talk about it. And I want to be clear, that's the difference between the, the easy and simple. Yes, it is possible to restore it. And yes, it can happen a lot faster than you think. But no, it doesn't always happen. There are times when you uh, just get to the point where a spouse is not willing to move forward at all. Not just for a little bit, but sustained. And and there's no way you can recover. Now, here's the tough thing. People often will say, what about my relationship? Can I fix my relationship? There's only one way to know, and that's to try. So there's only we don't have a test that will say yes, this one will work out, this one will not. We don't have that. I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't read your information. I've seen some relationships that I thought were really in trouble and probably didn't have much chance recover very quickly, and I've seen some that went this that I thought should turn around very quickly that they had everything they needed. And they gave up and walked away. So it's not possible to predict with one exception. And the prediction is if you don't do anything, you are headed for dissolution, for disconnection, for not ever being able to move forward. And so if you're wondering, what about mine? There's one way to find out. It's, it's the, the laboratory of life, of actually going through the attempt. So here's why these relationships can turn around, sometimes very quickly. We're built for connection. We want connection. We need connection. And when we don't have connection, that disconnection is very painful. That disconnection is very tough. It it triggers the same parts of your brain that show physical pain, like, you know, if you stub your toe, that part of your brain that would light up. That's the same part of the brain that lights up when you're disconnected, and so much so that you kind of want to figure out a way to get away from the pain, not realizing that the healing of the pain can be kind of that same place, right? So the person that you feel the hurt with because you're disconnected can be the person where you find the healing with. In other words, the hurt in the relationship also carries the path to healing, Because once you restore the connection, it comes back to life, much like watering the lawn brought back that, that patch of grass that looked like it was dead and gone. Now, if I had left that for a long time, if we'd been in a drought, is it possible that I would water it to death and it still never turned green? Yes. Yes, you can kill it to that level. But many times it looks like it's in rough shape. And when only the beginnings of connection come in, it begins to revitalize. This is one of the reasons that I put in my uh, my VIP program, which, by the way, I give a free week of that for people when they buy my save the marriage system, I offer them a free week. And, um, so it's available to go in and, and see these tools of connection that I talk about. And I have several tools of connection that are ways of building that bridge of connection when it's so weak that you can't do anything that, that strong. It's how do you invite somebody into connection? So one of the ways that many people make the mistake and, and snuff out any possibility of connection is because they try too hard. They try to force, coerce, connive, uh, whatever they can to force the connection. And it's kind of like if I'd gone out, you know, that, that grass had had no water and I just soaked it and soaked it and soaked it. And all it does is, is basically just wash it all away. Right. It, it, it can't take it in because there's too much coming at it after not enough. So you got to find some adequate ways of putting the connection in that aren't overwhelming. Those are what I call the tools of connection. And what you're trying to do is invite the connection, not force it. You invite, not command it, but invite the connection. And when you do that, sometimes people are amazed, if not shocked, about how quickly the relationship can revive to be back to the warmth and the love. You may have experiences in your past where, you know, you both have gotten into an argument and the disconnection is so clear. It's just so painful for both of you. And then maybe you apologize and make up and everything suddenly just, you know, you're awash with warmth of connection. Well, there are ways that we can work on doing the same thing, but making it sustained and sustainable. Because many times people have that experience only to revert back to the disconnection because they fall into the old habits. One of my rules is that once you figure out where it got broke, you don't want to go back and repeat that mistake. You want to find a new path forward. And I call that the path to we. Like we are in this together. We're the team. So to answer the question, is it really possible for it to turn around that quick? The answer is yes. Not always, but yes. And yes, it's often much quicker than you're expecting. But only if you don't drown it with your attempts. Only if you have a kind of a a mindset of making it move slowly forward and peacefully forward. If that's something you need help with, please check out my system. It's the Save the Marriage system, and you can find it at savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. When you grab my system, sign up for that VIP program. It's a free week. Sign up for it. Listen to the trainings, especially focusing on the tools of connection, lots of other things in there. Also, remember that on your download page, I have just a, a real quick click will get you connected and started in the process of meeting with one of my coaches for a get started session. This is just a session to make sure you've got your best uh, head in the game, you know, your best way of moving forward. So don't miss that. Uh, the beginning point for all of that is simply going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage.